I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from 100 euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies, and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. episode number 74. Today I'm your host Kevin Ryan from St. Mary's GA. I'm joined by Sean Smith from Tarla Sarsfield, Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins, Enda Tracy from Tumavara and Colin Parcel from Clonmeloke. Right lads, we'll get straight into it. What an hand trimming at the weekend. Tip our back, waiting in the long grass for the championship. Enda, the garden is definitely blooming. Colin Bonner is the man. He is, yeah. Although I didn't get to talk to him after because nobody was talking after the match. But um, look, sure. You can only beat what's put in front of you, and we'd all been given out twice as much if they didn't pull up a big score. So I suppose it was the best outcome from the match, getting seven goals. Like you could see after ten or fifteen minutes that they were going for goals, bald headed. John McGran, Marco turned down easy points early in the game to to go for goal, and you know you kind of felt that Antrim were going to be in for a long day after that. Um, they played well, played well enough. Like, this match was basically over after 25, 30 minutes. Four, four, it was going to be like the football a couple of weeks weeks before. It was four, three to six points after about 15 or 20 minutes. A lot of lads played well enough. Um, Antrim weren't up to much. Like, they, they probably had one eye on the uh, relegation final against Offaly. So, you have to take that into account as well. But, look, you can only beat what's put in front of you, as I said, seven goals. 
29 points, not a bad return. And we hit 20 wides as well. So we were averaging nearly a shot a minute. So it was it was kind of a loose enough game. And that that that's kind of the reason why we, we hit so heavy. Like Definitely, you know, and, and, and definitely, I suppose, taking the league as a whole, not just looking at the Antrim game. But has there anyone, I, I think Craig Morgan has been talked about frequently as in his performances has been mentioned as being good in dispatches. Maybe taking just on Sunday, looking at some of the forwards, Mark Chio done very well to buy two goals. Anyone put their hand up for you? Yeah, Mark Chio is looking to business. Um, we, we were looking a lot sharper with the deliver, deliveries into the two men inside. It seems to be something they definitely worked on in that training camp. Um, much more head up hurling though. Like against Dublin, we were hitting completely aimless ball in all the time. I know the weather was a bit dodgy on the night, but it was a high ball and there was a lot of hang time on it, suiting the sweeper. Keelan Malai was sweeping for Antrim and they bypassed him nearly every time the ball went in and Mark is just looking so, so good. He's, he's bringing his Fitzgibbon Cup form into the into the county jersey and he's looking like he's going to have a big year. Connor Bow, uh, I've, I've talked him up big, but he looks the business there wing forward as well. Um, a real ball winner, physical specimen, can score. He's going to make a good contribution, I think. Um, there's not much to be said about the backs. They weren't really tested. I think they were kind of hell-bent on not conceding a goal. Now, the goal they did concede was pretty sloppy, but um, they were happy enough for Antrim to take shots from distance. And Keelan Malai ended up with five points in the first half in play. So um, they were never going to outscore us in terms of points. So, uh, like, there's lots of lads putting their hands up. Craig Morgan was good, but look, again, the opposition... You have to take that into account. Antrim weren't up to much. Were they going 100%? Neil McMahon is rested. So, yeah. Um, there's a few lads there. There's a few positives to take, but um, it's going to be a big, big prospect of a, a or a tougher prospect for playing off for an Easter Sunday. Definitely. And I know some of the other panelists, we were caught with uh, club games and the like on sun- Sunday morning. Um, any other reflections from the panel there about this game in particular? I will be pushing you to pick your Tipperary Championship 15 later in the episode, but for now, just taking that Antrim game. Any... Well, I, I suppose for me, uh, the Antrim game, they were kind of an, uh, hiding to nothing. If if they barely be- beat them, there'd be question marks and there'd be doom and gloom. And when they hammer them, then it's like, ah, it's only Antrim. But look, it's ruthless, efficient, uh, they went out and did what they had to do. And what they had to do uh, Sunday was hammer Antrim. Not just beaten by five or six points. They had to hammer. And uh, you'd be hoping that that's, um, all the lads that play that game now have, look, I need, if I don't do the business here, I definitely won't be starting against Watford. And, you know, went out with that attitude and hopefully in the next few weeks in training with that attitude, uh, it would be good enough for me. And I, I think that's a positive, just being ruthless and doing the job properly. It did seem overall, not just take looking at Tipperary, but a very underwhelming league in terms of um, in, intensity. I was watching the end of the Waterford and Kilkenny game, you know, where a semi-final spot was 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 almost decided there or had the potential to be. And Liam Cal was laughing after, you know, a bad enough Waterford second half display there. Do you think for you, um, Sean, is this league format working? Maybe you have a couple of decent games and then you have a a couple of games against probably lesser opposition. We saw Limerick beat Offaly in the, the relegation semi-final there in 1A, so another kind of almost a dead rubber. Yeah, I can agree that, Kevin. Like some of the games I've seen the last four weeks, 
they were kind of shootouts, like especially in the Park Reeves, there were scores there that were just there's no marking Watford saying like Watford had scored 155, 155 points overall in this league and Cork went far behind at 147. So like the scoring levels are huge, but then it's loose play. We touched on there a few weeks ago where players are being unmarked around half back like half backs, wing backs are scoring out freely, like you know, even cornerbacks. No, there's like for half back and not get a point or a bar, people wondering why you aren't to be honest. No, um, with two players especially. So, like, even talking to Kenny people during the week, they're kind of like, ah, we're in a league semi, but they're kind of like, kind of neither here nor there about a feeling it. They're happy with some of their players that went well for if Alsh needs that. No, but overall, kind of a lot of you know, Do you think been... you're getting that um, that impression off Kilkenny or are they playing it down? Because, you know, I think they're, they're probably a soft start to their Leinster campaign. I think it's... um. You know, it's definitely leash up first for him and whoever else is in that Offaly or whoever. Westmead West after. Westmead. Yeah. So I think they're in a good position to actually go for this title. You know, we laughed at Kilkenny here almost in this podcast a few weeks ago saying it was the worst Kilkenny team ever coming to Tarlis or in living memory. Now they're two games away from a, a national title. Um, Do you think that they've grown during this league, Sean? Oh, yeah. From when you play those, they have like, you know, they're kind of, say, after feet to ourselves, went down kind of with a natural, I would give it a rash and see and, they started hurling well, to be honest. They got the Ballyhalas back and they made a big difference. But, like, they have players who aren't near a standard that have come on four or five folds since we, we played in their free school, which is, you know, like, other counties, a lot of players haven't developed through the league like that. Ourselves mainly with a few lads kind of touch and go. Like, but you named the good lads there, Ron, all right. Kenny, I suppose, as well, I don't want to be picking on, t- on too many. Robert Byrne has featured. Featured a bit, Ronan Maris come into latter games. Is any more players struck you for Tipperary as um, you know, improving there a lot during this league campaign? And what I think has been a fairly underwhelming to middling league campaign for Tipperary, we probably had no intention of being involved at the business end or we didn't have the ability to be anyway. But any kind of players struck you as maybe improving there a lot? Um, we haven't spoken much about James Quigley and he's, he's played a few matches there at fullback. He's gone. Well, he's gone well enough, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. There's been very little talk about him, and is that not a good sign? That's yeah, um, that's a good agree. sign of a fullback. Like we had, we had Tossie Hamill there a few years ago, and he, he couldn't do anything right. He got a few trimmings in the league, and he ended up playing championship. So uh, James Quigley is a ready-made fullback. He's not there to hurl. He's there to stop his man hurling, and he's solid. Um, Robert Byrne as well, lads. I, 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 I thought he wasn't even good enough for the panel there at the start of the year, but in fairness to him. The matches he's played in, he's played very well. And his use of the ball is very good. Um, that's one of the strong suits in his game and scoring from distance. But just maybe a question mark over his defensive defensive play. But in fairness to him, the chances he's got, he's taken them. He's, he's been playing well. Um, Brian Hogan the other day, uh, <laughs> again, I'm not, not his biggest fan either. But his puck outs were much improved um, against Antrim. Like he was really picking out his men, not just uh, lumping the ball down the field. Um, hitting, hitting, hitting the half back line in midfield into pockets, into lads' hands. So, um, look, it's, again, it's Antrim. Like I keep having to yeah, go back to that. But. Probably the biggest news possibly out of the Tipperary camp over the last couple of days is that Shaney Callan will be definitely missing the first two games, which is a massive blow. Um, you said it already about kind of you know players stepping up to the mark and Mark Hugh and Connor Bowl looking the looking the part. But Callum, like how? How big of a blow is that for Tipperary? You know, a marquee forward, probably, you know, um, one of the one of our last last kind of members from the very successful kind of 2010 and 2016 teams who are starting to drift off. So, you know, for Tipperary, how big a blow is that? 
Kevin, it's a massive blow is the answer to that. I mean, first of all, he's he's the all-time leading goal scorer for Tipperary, I think, in Championship Hurling. And even if if Shamey isn't having his best game, he still takes wicked watching. Like so team's best defender, whatever else is ha- whatever else is happening, you know. And I suppose we spoke on the podcast last week about the, the lack of goals maybe in the Tipperary team up to this. And and I don't know, maybe maybe somebody out there was listening to us about that because I think before the game we had we had one goal scored. I think in the league and Antrim, I think had seven or eight goals scored in the league before that, but you know, so it was nice. It was nice to get a few goals on, on Sunday without Jamie Callan there. I suppose the other player to mention, maybe coming back into a bit of form was John McGrath, you know, again, a marquee forward has had a brilliant club campaign with Lockmore Castellani all last year, but maybe some of his performances for Tipperary weren't up to their usual high standard. So I, I was glad to see him, you know, grab two goals, Again, I suppose to reiterate what the boys are saying, albeit against Antrim. And it was nice to see Bonner, Bonner Marr come back as well. You know, he played the second half of the game, looked looked very fit and very trim by all accounts. Um, not, not renowned for his scoring, obviously, you know, has, has other attributes, but, you know, it was good to see him back. I think as well, just to, just to touch on a couple of the other points about some of the players that are available, just going away from Jamie for a second, I'd agree with the consensus on Robert Robert Burns. And the other thing I'd say about Robert Burns as well is, like, a, a few managers at this stage have 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 kept Robert Burns in the panel. So, you know, he's been there three or four years now. So obviously, you know, they do see something in him, and and maybe this is the year that he'll flourish and and, and nail down that, that that spot in the backs. Also, Michael Breen, I think, deserves a bit of a mention as well. You know, he's, he's played reasonably well, I think, at wing forward. He's chipping in with a few scores, got a goal again on on, on Sunday. He's always a guy, I think, that can arrive sort of late into the area to, to, to grab a goal. Probably needs to up his aggression stakes, funnily enough, in that wing, wing forward position. I'd like to see him stopping ball coming out as easy as, as it has. I think he has all the physical attributes to do that, but at times doesn't really seem to use his physicality so I would take that as a positive as well. Um, James Quigley as well, as, as the boys have said, you know, the fact maybe that we haven't been talking about him all that much is a good sign for a full back. He's, he's doing his job. Um, but yeah, look, to, to go back on Jamie Callan, you, you'd much rather be going down to Welsh Park in, in four weeks' time with Jamie Callan in the panel or in the team than not. But, you know, again, it's a chance for these young guys, Connor Bow, Jake Morris, you know, John McGrath now coming back into a little bit of form. It's not like we're without options up there. I suppose the key thing now is to, is is for everybody to stay injury free and and you know hold the, the form that they showed last Sunday. Definitely, and I think a shout out to Noel McGrath as well, who was I think come back in good fettle to my own club mate Seamus Kennedy as as well, who has kind of had a quite solid league and topped it off with a goal versus Antrim. I think it's very noticeable that the wing forwards or the wing backs are trying to get a bit more forward, as you said, and arrive late under this kind of new system and new plan. So I think, you know, definitely this this podcast has been very fair, I think, but has been realistic in terms of Tipperary's chances. And we are giving them, we are giving them, you know, a, a fair crack of the whip this week. I think a lot of us were impressed. Unfortunately, we are not involved in the in the latter stages of the league, but there are two league semi-finals kind of on this weekend. First up, Stephen, um, you know, Cork, who have all, who arguably been the team of the league, Versus Kilkenny and Parky Cueve on um I think it's on Sunday Sunday next um it's going you know it's going to be a cracker because Cork probably needs silverware I'd always say you know if you're in the semi final of a league you may as well go on and try and win it um what are your thoughts on that one Yeah I'd agree with that uh, if you're in the semi final of the league you have you should be trying to win it um I suppose 
I, I would I would also say though the league has been watered down the last few years and since the round robin and monster since the back door all these things the national league is it isn't as big a deal as it used to be but Watford have to win they have to win some sort of silverware and Kilkenny coming into a little bit of form and as was mentioned earlier they probably have a softer start to Leinster Championship so they can probably afford or afford but they probably go they'll go all out to win that game, you know, and it'll be very interesting to see as Cork have been running all over the place, barely untouched. Kilkenny now will get in their faces like they got in Waterford faces last week. This, uh, this is a big test now for um, for Cork this, uh, in the semi-final National League. They look great, brilliant playing their own style in the hurling. Now can they do that with a Kilkenny team in their face, getting aggressive? If there's one team that can really bring aggression when maybe the talent pool isn't the same. It's Kilkenny. So it'll be a very interesting match now this weekend. And I think or, or when, when it's on, and I think the more the, the pressure is on Cork to deliver now. I think the time for Cork now to deliver is, is now. And, it, you know, and a national league under their belt could set them up big time for the rest of the year. Definitely, and I, I know it's, we said we talk about the semi-finals, but we did have a fair few big underperforming teams on that side of the league that maybe we haven't given a lot of focus on. Galway, Clare, and certainly Limerick. Um, you think they got what they wanted out of the league, or Galway was very low key. You know the the <coughs> Henry Shefflin coming on there. Look, I suppose I don't rate Clare anyway, so I don't expect much out of Clare, and that's just that's just being it. Uh, Limerick. Limerick's biggest um, hurdle for them now is to do it consistently every single game, you know, and there might be a bit of a hangover there from the last couple of years of winning the All-Irelands. But the pressure is on Limerick to deliver. Like, they they have no bother talking about how great they are and, you know, people there all over media, the media darlings now talk about the best team ever. They simply didn't deliver. And I think... I said it before on one of the podcasts. If you're losing games, the chink of the armor, every time you lose a game, it's a little chink every time. And they're going to go into a muscle champ or uh muscle championship without that same aura that they had the last couple of years. And you know, they they massively underperformed because we've been told the last couple of years that the two best panels in Ireland. So, you know, when you're going out in the national league, you have to deliver and they haven't. So you know, it is up to them now to to prove us all wrong again in Munster. Definitely. And that's North Tip versus South Tip again this weekend. So, Darry Egan versus uh, Liam Kyle in the other semi, you know, but, so we'll be keeping a close eye on that one. Uh, your, your your thoughts there. Who will you be shouting on? Jesus, oh, he's kind of dangling, isn't he? I don't really, I can't really be shouting for him, can I? Um, yeah, that'll be a good match, actually. I'm kind of looking forward to the semi-finals. Um, Look, sure, it's hard to know at league. Like, I've, I always tell myself every time the league is on, rarely, rarely translates to championship. Like, we've seen Watford last year had a right good league campaign and they went out against Clare in the quarterfinal and they were absolutely rubbish. And that's against a poor enough Clare team. Um, but look, uh, on its merits, you look, look, you'd have to say Wexford have been one of the teams at the league. Um, Rory O'Connor looks to be... Mm-hmm. Looks to be in outstanding form, like he always had the ability, but it looks like Dar Egan's kind of shaped the attack around him and made him the focal point on the inside line. And he seems to be doing a good job in fairness to start. In fairness to Dar, he's, he's, a, he's a well-renowned coach and, and players seem to like him, so he's he's doing well there. Definitely, um, he's winning games. Um, he's winning games, yeah. 
And in that, fairness, I wonder is he is he meeting teams at the right at the right stages in you know probably like you know with Galway and Limerick in early in the league when they probably weren't going for it as, as much or like is he but you know look is no harm to being a manager manager as well there as you said he has Rory O'Connor definitely mm. um hurling well and he's doing it he's doing everything he can there yeah and he still has Lee Chin to come back and be a big player for him so look sure as you said it's hard, it's hard to read into read into the league when we don't know what um what way teams are approaching matches and if they have a heavy training block done in one match and they're looking to hit one match for a win, you know, it's, it's very disjointed and there's been a lot of talk about whether the league is a bit, Joanne Cantwell said the word farce, but at the end of the day, it's a, a competition to get you in gear for championship. Um, so look, uh, Dar is doing well. Um, Wexford tend to approach the league fairly well anyway, even when they're under the heavy day, they seem to get on fairly well in the league. So, and you'd wonder would they tail off, tail off a bit once the championship comes around if they've a bit, a bit too much done too early. But in fairness, the game plan isn't as much of a running game um, with Dara as it is was with um, Davy Fitz. So I think that's a very bad. that's a very fair point. And I wonder will Dara be having a few thoughts to himself over how much how much effort he should, or you know how much importance he should attach to this game, you know, at mm. the weekend because you know they're crying out for a bit of any bit of success in Wexford again. I'm just going to talk about the other side of that kind. I don't know whether to go to his former club clubmate, you know, in Tarlis Arceus or you know, or the South man there to discuss the Barlingari things. But I'll go to Tarlis Arceus, man. Your your former clubmate there, Liam Cal, has has Waterford going well. I think, um, Sean, you know, and probably I I have been impressed with the you know what they've done in this league. They seem to be building a very strong panel that can challenge Limerick. There, I've said it. It's not a place we tip want to go in the first round championship either. Like you know, down there we're a team that. They just look at the moment to be playing very well, shooting lights out. But they're coming up with a Wexford team who defensively look very solid. They're like they're not letting teams score these handy points. I know as our last league against Wexford. So like, what if we're gonna have it all to? Like, Cal may have to think of different game plan. You can't just we'll outscore these. You know, go out and just shoot thirty points, whatever it is. Like, you know, Wexford are going to be tough, not not to crack here. But what if they're hot favourites and the bookies like and momentum is there? Like, I have a feeling like it could be a Waterford car fine and. Doesn't hurt us to be a bump of crowd like and either I'm going into Munster then or have their kind of high horse up, we say. Um, and Munster wise, like kind of tip clear and even Limerick, so we're kind of behind and then, like, judging what we've seen, they won't, but sure, can't wait off Limerick, can Definitely, yeah. It's um, it's a two week period, you know, if you win on Sunday and then you go to a league final, you could uh utilize a lot of resources and uh, you know, just right before championships, which we all know in Munster in particular is going to be hectic, hectic this year. So for now, we'll leave, we, we'll leave the um, league there, folks. We'll go back onto matters Tipperary. We'll pick our championship 15 now. So we're, this, is going, this is going to be a bit of fun. I want your honest opinions there. We all know, as I said, Colin Bonner listens to us when he's eating his cornflakes and <laughs> we're like his fifth selector here now or whatever. So uh, Colin, if you're listening, apologies for whatever he's saying. But in goal, Colin, I'm going to go to you first now. Brian or Barry? So I suppose, look, at from the very first podcast we had this year, the goalkeeping position was up, was up, was up for grabs. I think I'd go with the man in possession at the moment as my goalkeeper. Um, I, 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 like his puck outs were vastly improved last Sunday by all accounts. Now, I saw a stat from the previous week against Waterford where we had lost an alarming number of puck outs or at least conceded an alarming number of puck outs in the first half to Waterford. But... I think I think whoever was going to be the goalkeeper for the last day of the league, I always felt was going to be the goalkeeper for the first day of the championship. 
So I, I'll, I'll give it to the man in possession at the moment as, a, as our goalkeeper. Fair enough. Anyone want to challenge that? Or? No, I don't think you can. Like in fairness oh. to him, Barry Holden got two games to impress and he didn't really do the job. So um, as Colin was saying, our, our poke out retention was absolutely, it was probably mm. scandalous against Walter and it's hard to win games when you're not winning poke outs. Um, but in fairness, he cleaned them up nicely against Antrim and probably deserves the, deserves the championship slot. And also, I noticed like Brian made saves this like kind of one on one saves that you wouldn't have seen in their ears. Mm. Like, you know, again, when the shots get in the goal, that's kind of bad defending times to say, but no, he still stood up and made a few great saves this year as well, which last year you wouldn't have seen. I did save a penalty the other day as well, we never mentioned. So, yeah, he's trying to improve that side of True. The, the Ken Hogan log- lobbying campaign has definitely worked anyway. <laughs> you want the Barry in for the you want the Barry in for the Waterford game, he said Brian should start the rest or whatever, but yeah, that's number one. The backs, I think, look, and I've, I've six backs written down there. I'm not sure what exact positions they'll start, but again, uh, Stephen, do you want to go with a full back line there? I Well, I'll go with James quickly full back anyway. I think, as I mentioned before, he's a natural full back. He, as Enda said earlier on, nobody's mentioned him. We might have mentioned him a couple of podcasts ago because there was a question mark over the full back in general. And he hasn't been spoken about since. And that's, I think that's, that's brilliant. If you're not talking about the full back, that means he's doing nothing wrong. And uh, I, I, I'd, I'd be giving him the jersey anyway. I wouldn't be robbing Peter to pay Paul in the full back line. So for me, it's James Quigley. And then um, either side of him, then I think they pick themselves, you know, with Carl Barrett and Craig Morgan now, I think is uh, he's, he's going to take over that, that other corner back spot. And, you know, I, I think as the championship grows up, Championship goes on, he'll grow. You know, he've he've all the attributes for inter-county hurling. It's getting experience now and getting that bit of know-how into of Who will be first off the bench there if one of the cornerbacks are in trouble? Yeah. So he'll be doing this probably probably a switch, maybe. You're probably looking at Barry Hogan. You're probably looking, maybe not cornerback for Seamus, but, you know, I, I think he'll do a now rejig or two. And uh, maybe maybe uh, Brian McGrath will come in at, at, at a wing and one of the wing backs drop back like uh, Robert Bourne if he's starting for instance is, is, is there two yeah. cornerbacks in Hurling anymore? yeah <laughs> I, I suppose I have my team picked as a like yeah. you know as there is but yeah it's, it's a valid it's yeah. a valid point and uh, you know yeah. we've often seen Ronan picked as a number four so yeah yeah and I'm going to come to you next for the I think there's a decision to be made up north I'm going to put on my Seamus Kennedy hat here for your half back line but I'm um, just the who will you be thinking will be lining out for tip well obviously Rowan will be centre back anyway that's uh, shooing um, just on the last day as well just a quick mention about Ronan he was he was a lot more clinical on the ball like he wasn't going for these skyscraper shots from 80 yards he was travelling with the ball and, and dishing out hand passes and making sure he scored three points from play only hit one wide which is a big improvement um, seemed to be much more um, much more clinical with it lad. took his time more often than not and He's going to be a big player for us if we're going to make any sort of inroads. Um, Robert Byrne, we mentioned, hurled has been hurling well, and it seems like they're going to plump with him, barring injury. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like if it was me picking it, I, I'd leave him for coming off the bench. I I thought Barry Hall or Barry Heffernan played right well midfield um, against Waterford, but he wasn't as in the game against Antrim, so I think I'd leave him wing back. <clears throat> um, I, think I think that's I would, maybe yeah. after the league that's maybe the decision has to be made between Byrne who's 
definitely done him his chances no harm. And, and Heffernan, who's maybe been jigged about a bit. Yeah, yeah. Even, geez, even I was just thinking the other day, I'd even put Robert Bar midfield. Um, you know, because he's got that scoring, scoring threat and he's good with the ball when he gets it. Um, but he, I, I prefer Barry wing back. I, I just, I think mm-hmm. that's his best position. And Seamus Kendi wing back as well. He, he's, that's his natural position. He's won two All-Irelands wing back. That's where he does most of his hurling. Leaving exactly. Exactly, I'd agree there. I don't think we should be probably creating problems. You know, I, I mentioned maybe a couple of weeks ago, or it was mentioned, you know, maybe Seamus back to full fo- full back. But um, yeah, I don't think we need to be going any anywhere there or in midfield or whatever. Sean, just in talking about midfield, I think it's been an issue for Tipperary the last couple of years. Maybe we've been talking about pace and and that's like in that last year. Or Mickey yeah, we've, we've like mentioned this. here a group of times on that, like kind of we midfielders that were just lost there. We're trying everyone. Um, I agree with the lads' selection for backs in the air, like touch and go, probably Barry Heffern and Burn is probably the one position, so for grabs there. Then we feel like depends on what way the forward is going out. With Callan missing, you're kind of losing a the forward there, so maybe pushing. Like Dan McCormick's going to be a field anyway, so yeah. Dan is one, and then with him, I have a feeling it could be old, to be honest. Maybe going there, but then depends on what way the forwards go, like with the shame missing there. We need a full forward now again. Um, if we push forward, Near then and losing in the half hours. I'd have Breen any in the half hour line. I don't think I think it's about half hour midfield. So I go for Dan and Noel and there. Noel, so you know you're probably looking at yeah, definite, definite starter. And yeah, Noel might not last. Not might not be a seventy minute player these days, but definitely I think is, is still going to be an important important player for Tip. Half hour. So this is maybe where the fun starts, Colm. Well, I was hoping just Kevin, just to go back to midfield for a second. I was hoping that one of Cadell, Paddy Cadell, or Ger Brown would be start. You know, would have nailed the place down during the league and would be starting there beside Dan McCormack. Um, but I, I don't think either of the two of them have possibly had the opportunity, or when they have had the opportunity, done enough to get into the team. So I, I was looking, Colin. I was looking back at the Tipperary fifteen on. You know, because I'm boring and they like doing this sort of thing. That you know started the all our the all our final 2019, and Jar Brown was one of the first subs on it. Yeah, he came on yeah. after 53 minutes, yeah. and you know has he had enough chances now, or like you know you saying he hasn't had enough chances. When 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 is Jar when does Jar Brown really have to kind of become a well? He, a he he's been he's been in and out of the panel as well, Kevin. You know he's had a, he's had, he was off the panel I think for a while maybe last year and. You know, then 2020 was such an unusual season. It probably came at the worst time for him and for a lot of other players. But, I, you know, he was just a guy I sort of earmarked in my mind that if he could get a good league, that he'd be that he'd be in centre field. But probably just hasn't done enough to be in there. Just, I suppose, to go to your half-forward line then, to answer the question you've asked me, I'd probably have Noel at 11. I'd have Mikey Breen. Um, I'd have Mikey Breen at 12. And then I'd probably have either John McGrath or... Mark Kyo, uh as the other wing forward. That's great. Any any comments on there? I suppose the notable omission would be no Jason Ford. Any would any of the I'd remainder want him there? Fourteen, Kevin. Than... Yeah, I'd have him at fourteen. But I I just think I I I, I haven't I wasn't overly impressed with him throughout the league. He 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 had, he had snippets of good play at eleven, but I think he's better in closer to the goal. I think. I think Noel can play that role at 11 and he can drift back into midfield as well, you know, and, and do a lot of work there. So, I, and does, does, um, does Shamey being out of contention, certainly for the, the first two games, as we mentioned earlier, does that, I suppose, make kind of Jace, Jason in full forward kind of a concrete pop proposition now? Uh, I'd have, I'd have, 
on my team now, I, I, I'd be plumping for Jason and Mark Yo inside. Um, I think you have to have Mark Yo as close to goal as possible. Yeah. Um, Connor, Connor Bow, I think, in fairness to him, he's, he's good for high ball and he's good. He's abrasive enough out in the middle, middle third there. And he can, he can, he's, when he puts his, puts his foot down going towards goal, he's very hard to stop. Big chap, lots of pace. Um, I'd actually have John McGrath centre forward. I have it here in my team. Um, he was started in the inside two against Antrim there the last day. And I, I don't know. I don't think he has, has that pace anymore. And not that he had pace ever anyway, but I think he's just, where he was playing for Lockmore is where, where he done most of his hurling during the club championship. Hmm. Um, he's good to get on the ball and he's good to bring lads into it. And he can score from distance. I, I, I probably have John out centre forward and, and Jake Morris in the other corner. Jeez. I wouldn't have a pro- I wouldn't have a problem with that end. I, I, mm. I you know I, I think that I think that that's a, that's a doesn't it doesn't weaken the team certainly it doesn't mm. weaken the team. I just wonder are they going to go with are they, are they going to go with Connor Bow the first day out down in Welsh Park? I just wonder w- will they go more with the tried and tested that day or or, or do they plump for, for for a young lad like him? I I think I think Connor the Connor Bow um is a is a good call at a half order two big men either side. If if it's John or if it's Noel at centre forward, like you you've two big strong men who you who you'd like to think would put the opposition halfbacks on the back foot, you know. Where I'd fear where I'd fear if it was if it was Jake or if it was Mark Ho out in the wing, I just don't think you're going to get the same uh, out of them going back the way as you would off a like I'd like you'd like to think that that Jason uh, that. Uh, Michael Breen and and Conor Boak have the physicality to stop the halfbacks now. Like the halfbacks in Hurland now, they're bombing up and down the field. They're the ones getting the score. You need you need someone now that's going to, I think, put them back on the hole. Even if only there was a player that Tip had that had great work rate, could stop a wing back bombing out. You know, good good at turning over the ball. You all know the player I'm talking about. Do you give a chance of Bonner Marsh start starting? No, I give him every chance. I think what's it now? We're three <laughs> weeks away, are we? Four weeks, well, four, three and a half. Four, yep. four weeks. And a half, yeah. As I mentioned before, the the the, the games are gone now. The national league is gone. If if Tipperary are not going to training, to a, I want my spot in the team, and b, like I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to get at. And if that means our intensity in training is at boiling point, you know that's the only way we're going to progress. And I I, I see the comment on um. On a Premier View the other day, they're on about this team because the championship. And some said, "Yeah, but Jake Morris had just come in. If it's that easy for lads to come into the team, well, well, we're at nothing, you know. Like it has to be so hard to make it to that tip team. Perhaps so hard to get on that nobody can should be ruled out. And you know, like if if Bonner shows in the next four weeks that he's the farm player and he's the fella that's going to to, to going to just destroy probably not the word it's going to be absolute nightmare for any halfback I would not rule him out I don't think any of them should be and, uh, you disagree there with that um, do you see him as an impact sub or maybe not even that he's still I, I'd be wrapping him in cotton wool and bringing him off the bench for the first few games anyway um, I think we tend to look at the selection for the first round of Munster now like it's um, like it's the old format quarter final semi-final but with four big matches and we're on to need 22, 23, 24, 25 lads all making a big contribution. And he's going to be in that, no doubt. 
Like it'll give it'll give Noel the license to burst these balls 50, 55 minutes, and then you're launching Bonner off the bench. It's a big benefit to have. Because like we all know he could probably last a full 70 minute match and, and do a good job, but it takes his hurling a, a, a good while to catch up. Um he had three three fairly bad rides the other day going for scores, but um yeah, it's a fair and um, maybe for sub on is he looking Garot O'Connor maybe done enough there. Jar Brown's been mentioned. I, I thought Garot O'Connor might get a twist starting um against Antrim, but in fairness, he, he came back late after the Fitzgibbon and sure he got in the Fitzgibbon Cup team of the year, so he is hurling well. Um look, he's he's another option, isn't he? Um he might be a bit green, obviously not playing any league matches, but look, that's what that's where we're at now at the minute, lads. We have a lot of young lads there, a lot of inexperienced lads, so I'm to be honest, I'm impressed enough with that 15 on paper. This is I think like, as well, just... I think as well, Kevin. Just sorry to interrupt you, but I think as well, like, you know, we mentioned in the backs as well. I think the forward positions are very fluid at the moment. You know, just because a guy is picked at 12 or at 10 or at 15 or 13, he's he's not going to spend the day there. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose it's it's as much what's what's our six forwards going to be? Who 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 are we saying? So we're saying John McGrath is one, we're saying yeah. Michael Jake, Breen. Michael Breen, Jake Morris. There's three. Mark Hill, Jason four, Ford, five, Connor Bow. So there, yeah. you know, it's going to be some it's going to be that six more than likely, and then where they're playing, you know. And as we said, they can play anywhere. Numbers on the backs of jerseys don't seem to mean as much as they did before, you know. So you know, it's just it's just to get that mix right, I suppose, on the day. And as 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 Ender said there, and he's right, like it's not a knockout game, the first game. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not winner takes all and we're gone if we lose. But at the same time, you, you don't want to be getting off to a very bad start the first day because, it, you know, teams that have started badly in the Brown Robin series have found it hard to catch up then afterwards. You know, I'm, who, who's the second game against? Who do we play after that? Clare. Clare, Clare in the stadium. So it's, yeah. it's probably... Whatever happens against Waterford, you'd have to say that second game is a must win. Yeah, absolutely. That's, Claire, that's Claire's first match. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I suppose then your your subs, you're talking about Paddy Cadell, you're talking about Jar Brown, Garrod O'Connor, the, the Flins, you know, it's 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 that, that that's probably um did how did Enda Heffernan play at the weekend there? Did anybody he, he wasn't really in it? He got about twenty minutes, but he like in fairness, like you can't judge him off of that either coming in against Antrim. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd say if he was going to get a, a twist for championship, he'd have been given more time than that. Yeah, there's a lot of lads out sick as well. The, a couple of lads had chest infections, um, that were named were on the bench. So, Liam Sheedy did have a habit of pulling a surprise or two, you know, around championship time from the league. So, you know, we wait and see what Colin Bonner is going to do. I, but I, I, think... I, I suppose, Kevin, sorry, just to finish, like, has he tried 28 players? I think over the league, Colin Bonner, you know. Mm-hmm. We had the Miller Shield there before Christmas. I think in in most instances, most players have got a fair twist at this. Do you know what I mean? We can't accuse the management of not looking at players. They've looked at players in divisional trials and they've looked at players in league games. So, you know, and as the boys said, the next three or four weeks in training now, it should be doggy dog. There should be skin and hair flying to get into that team. You know, so I'd see that as a positive. Like sometimes a team can be very predictable. I don't think there's anything predictable about this team at the moment. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's open for debate. But in fairness to the management, and, you know, we, we've been critical of them at times this year, but I, I would say in fairness to them, they have given lads a fair go and they have had a look at everybody. And 
I'd like to think that nobody can say at the end of the league, well, I didn't get a chance. You know, I think yeah, most I of think we've been I think we've been challenging Colin rather than critical. <laughs> you know, I think we have our standards and we you know we have we we think Tipperary hurling has the standards as well. Talking of a team on the up though, folks, just to leave the hurling discussion there, you know, we were quite challenging to the Tipperary footballers not too long ago after two defeats in this podcast. Stephen, I'll go to you. We're <laughs> we're a game away from Crow Park there now after a very good win versus Carlo. Probably the only downside being uh, an injury to Connor Sweeney, and um, they've certainly rallied, and you know they're they're on the up. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, look, I, I suppose I said it before. Um, if the Tipperary footballers want to be, if they want to, I suppose share the limelight with Tipperary hurlers, they have to be they have to be accepting of the criticism and the standards that the hurlers are. And uh, I was fairly critical for the first couple of games there, and I think. It was bang on, I think, you know, and um, but thankfully they've turned it around. They've turned it around and they've been brilliant since. And as you said, now they're a game away from from a trip to Croke Park, and the confidence must be just absolutely seeping through the through the squad because of the run the run of games they're on. And um, you know, I I just I think it's excellent and uh, fair play to them. I uh, from the reports, the first couple of games are a bit cage in bit defensive in sideways passes and after that then you know they seem to be a little bit a little bit more uh not gung-ho as such but a little bit more expansive in their in their game and I, I credit to management that they're that they're able to sit down and say look you know it wasn't working the first two games we're going to try something different and look at the results and uh, I think it's just, just brilliant and more power to them. Very, very positive. Yeah, and I, I hopefully you know they won't slip up versus London, who themselves have had a a good league campaign, and you know they'll they'll hopefully get to Crow Park. I think it would be a great reverse of fortunes for them. So so well done to the Tipperary footballers. It's also a very good kind of final end to the leagues. You know, the whatever about the Harlan leagues kind of not working maybe at the moment. I think the football leagues there's so much kind of up for playing all the divisions. This weekend is going to be very good. You know, from Division One right down to Division 4 and I think it's, it makes for good you know, passive football support supporter as well uh, we might leave it there folks though if it suits very good um, well, well done all um, thanks a lot thanks thanks, thanks lads good luck man
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.